You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Uh, welcome to this Saturday edition of Fearless with Jason Whitlock. And as we like to do on Saturday, we have a very special guest to help unpack an issue related to a topic we spent a lot of the week talking about. You guys have heard me, uh, I believe, on Thursday's show. We started going into a deep dive on the passport bros. The, and, and that was an offshoot of the conversation we were having about the, the black community and our communities being dominated by single black women and single black women that want to be leaders in the community. And, and th I think that was on Monday. And then Tuesday, Royce and I had a long conversation about uh, the, the discord, the disconnect between the black man and the black woman in America. And, and I think I came back on Thursday and we took the song American Woman by Lenny Kravitz and the Canadian group, uh, the Guess Who, and related that to this whole Passport Bros movement that is starting to get a lot of attention and a lot of pushback over social media. And we talked about it on Thursday. I wrote an article about it. And then on Friday, it's trending all over Twitter. And I got emails from people saying like, hey man, you really need to understand the history of this Passport Bros and even the whole Manosphere. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but there's this Manosphere over YouTube and con among content creators uh, of people that are pushing back against the attack on masculinity and they call it the Manosphere. And so between the Manosphere, the Passport Bros, that's like where Kevin Samuels developed all of his popularity, talking about men and the relationship between black men and black women. And Kevin Samuels dies, and 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 you know, right at when he was really, really starting to get traction. I used to tell people, I like Kevin Samuels is going to end up being the next Steve Harvey. Unexpectedly dies, but yesterday I get emails like, if you really want to know the history, you got to talk to Al Grease. Al Grease is the uh, godfather of, of all of this. And, and they said, they said you, got, you got to go back and read this 2006 article in Essence magazine that, that talked about black men going to Brazil. And the, the article was kind of a hit job on these black men that went over to Brazil for a good time dating, treated like a trip to Las Vegas, or looking for a wife with more traditional values, or a girlfriend with more traditional values. That article comes out, and I think that sparked, well, we'll let Al Grease tell you what that sparked, but eventually, Al Grease has, I think, done three movies or documentaries about 
the relationship between black men and black women and, and their title frustrated. And, and so without further ado, let me bring Al Grease in and let him explain for himself uh, some of the history and, and what went on in 2006 with Essence Magazine and what that sparked. Because Al, I was told that there were a group of you guys that in the early 2000s would go to Brazil and that's kind of where all of this started. First, I'd like to say thank you for having me on your platform, man. It's truly a blessing. Thank you for reaching out. I appreciate, truly appreciate Thanks that. Thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, it's it all started as a, uh, just going on a vacation. I was a uh, gym rat at the time, and uh, I met a young guy that was in a motorcycle accident. And, and at that time, he didn't have insurance, so he told me working out in the gym, didn't know what to do. And he asked me if I would help him, assist him in working out, because he said, I see you know what you're doing. And uh, I told him, listen, man, I come here, I'm going to work out. I don't have nothing to talk about. Uh, put your put your put your music on and let's go to work. And after that six weeks, I wanted a break. And he recommended, he said, "Hey man, go to Brazil. You want to you want to take a break? Cause I work hard six weeks and then I want to take a break. Let my body take a break." And he said, "Go to Brazil." And I said, "Okay, never been." And he recommended. Uh, he gave me some information of a gentleman by the name of John Thompson, who was from New York as well. I'm from New York City. He, he was in from New York and he was uh, renting out apartments at the time. So if you needed a place to stay, John Thompson was the reference guy at that time. And I went, called John up, he hooked me up, booked the flight, had an awesome time. Me and my older brother went, great time. And I got back and went to uh, D.C. My cousin lives in Washington, D.C., throws this annual uh, barbecue out in Maryland. And I heard a uh, gentleman speaking Portuguese. And I went over, I said, hey man, are, are you Brazilian? And he said, no, I'm planning on going, but I took the language. His name is Dr. Larry Davis, intelligent guy, brilliant guy. And I said, man, I just got back from there. And he said, did you read that Essence article that was going on? And I said, no, I didn't. I'm not familiar with that. I don't read Essence. And he said, oh, man, you got to check this out. And I read the magazine. I read the article. I called him back up. I said, oh, that's just trash. This is garbage. This is not what I just experienced. And he said, well, your cousin told me you're a filmmaker. Why don't you do something about it? And I said, you know what? I am. You're right, I am. So I went back again on my own to get to, uh, points of reference. And I met another gentleman by the name of Johnny Johnson, American guy who retired out there. And I met uh, several guys, American guys that were retired out there. So I did some investigation, interviewed them, and told them that I was interested in doing a piece and would they like to be a part of it. Uh, some agreed and bailed out at the end, but Johnny Johnson was a stand-up guy, ex-police officer, he said, sure, man, come on back. And I came out there, didn't came out there to interview him and some other guys, and I ran across uh, the Philadelphia firefighters. It was about eight guys out there together, tripping. I said, hey, man, can I interview you about your experience and why you come out here? And that's when they shared that the, uh, put this delicate, uh, I'm not familiar with your platform, so we'll keep it delicate, but some of the, the, the troubles they were having with women in the States, and they found it uh, more soothing to deal with more traditional women abroad, especially Brazilian women. They were fit, they were uh, friendly, uh, they were fit and friendly and uh, uh, easy to easy to get along with. And they, you know, they said they you know, uh, preferred that in, in not dealing with women who were too masculine and kind of like uh, pulling guards and tackles. You know, really didn't keep themselves up to shape, keep themselves up in shape. 
And uh, we did the project, and um, I kind of sat on it a little bit. I said, ah, maybe there's nothing here. And my older brother told me if I didn't release that product, that you know he was going to do some fiscal harm to me. So I took it to a film festival out in Atlanta. Went to Atlanta Film Festival, and uh, the guy invited me out. Knew the guy who was running it, and I showed him that he was cool. And then he gave me a weird time slot, an eight o'clock in the morning time slot. And I said, "Hey, man, why you put me so early in the morning?" He said, "Man, it wasn't me. It was the women. The women that was involved that did, did this to you." I said, okay, okay. Um, I got up in the morning, went out there and worked it, invited guys in, and I saw a gentleman standing there. I said, listen, man, I'll be honest. If you come in and watch my film, I produced it, I directed it, and he still his name of it. I said, uh, frustrated. And uh, he came in, the, the uh, documentary played, and they got up, and that's when it started. I knew I had something because the women were angry, and the gentleman stood up and said, brother, I want to thank you. I want, this is really before the uh, whole social media thing, but he said, I want to thank you for inviting me in here. I just booked my flight to Brazil while the movie was playing. I'm sorry I can't stay for the q and I'm going to pack my bags right now. And he held up his phone and showed it and said, I'm out of here. Thank you, brother. I love you. And he took off. And then the discussion came and women were like, well, if you don't make X amount of dollars, you're useless to me. And then they had some older women in there say, well, listen, I make twice as what my husband makes. And I've been married to him for 30 years. I cherish my husband. Wouldn't trade him in for nothing in the world. And the young lady stood up and she started crying, stating that she works in some um, corporate office and the UPS guy used to come there and she was attracted to him. And her girlfriends, they would say, well, you know, you don't want him. He wears, you know, brown. He don't make as much money as you. He doesn't have the social skills. You don't want him. But she would flirt with him all the time. And she did not pursue that relationship because the women there told her that, that that gentleman was no good for her. And she broke down in tears and how that connected with her. And I released the film and uh, all of a sudden, it, it, it's people started uh, purchasing the film and some people started, you know, unfortunately started bootlegging. What, what year is the release of the film? What year is the release of the film? I would say 2000 and, uh, 2011. Maybe 2011, 2010, or 11, and they started bootlegging the film. Let, let me a- let, let me stop you for one second because I want to play a two-minute trailer from Frustrated to give the audience a, a better taste of of what you did and the work you did. Let's play the trailer. Women are women are noticing that their men are crossing the borders to find happiness, romance, or even just somebody to have a good time, hang out with. I come to Brazil, I sit down at the table, I order food. Young lady places a drink in front of me, opens my straw, puts it in my glass, and I'm chilling. Doesn't make her less of a woman, doesn't make me more of a man. She says that we have different roles in life, and she knows hers, and I know mine. Several years ago, I read an article uh, from Essence Magazine in regards to African-American men going to Brazil. Since the essence uh, story. The article was not pleasant at all. It was quite negative. The, the article is racially motivated. To me, it's just another attack on, on, on the black man. I feel uh, in conversation with other guys who have friends from here, you should come here and experience um, 
what she has to offer Brazil. People that write the articles say that they don't understand why we come to this place or any other place from bias because they've never experienced it. Every black man should come down one time before you be put in this earth to see how this culture treats you. You don't want to come down to real, I said, because if you do, you're going to come back thinking, how can I get rid of her? You know, and I just, so that's, <laughs> I, I can't put it to you. I said, you married, and you, you, you love your wife, and you're satisfied, I said, don't come here. You're looking for cheap sex with pretty girls. It, I think to a certain extent, you're almost like a predator. There's nothing but lies, and it should not have been accepted by the black women. That article is to bridge the gap between you, and that's the reason that article came by. It's not an issue until the black man starts doing it. <laughs> I agree. So that's the trailer for the movie and the documentary. It, it, it the, the the essence article had portrayed this as some sex trafficking trip that black men were taking. That frustrated you, and you wanted to uh, do the movie or do the documentary to talk about, I would imagine, I'm, I'm speculating, but it seems to be hinting at some of the issues we've been talking about this week, is that the black woman has been participating in the emasculation of the black man. She's out of her traditional role. She's out of any type of help meet or any type of submissive role or allowing a man to be a leadership role here in America. And so you and other guys are like, they got a different culture in Brazil. It's great for men. And, and so, am, I, am I getting, am I, am I right and accurate in my description of what, what transpired? Uh, yes, yes. And what happened was once I introduced the culture of Brazil, uh, the film goes in more in depth than what the article did. The guy who, Dr. Jahani Cobb, who did the article. Jelani Cobb, he's on MSNBC. Yeah, yeah. he actually he's settled. Castrated, he's a eunuch. He's a eunuch, go yes. ahead. Yes, he actually <laughs> went on one city block. He went on one uh, one city block in front of uh, the famous uh, nightclub at the time, it was called Club Hell. And he sat right there and said, this is what these guys are doing. And that's it. And I knew at the time, Essence um, Magazine was owned by Time, time Warner at the time that they had way more resources than I did. And I ventured out. I went to uh, the, the neighboring cities and states and found brothers that were living there and that were married, that were married to women there. And they expressed their feelings about how women back in the States were difficult to deal with, being masculine and out of their traditional roles. And they came down to the States, and I mean, to, excuse me, to Rio and found women that were in, tradi in their traditional roles. And they were easy. It was like easy, uh, um, easy to get along with, easy for them to make that transition and marry them and marry them. So when I hear back here in the States, women ain't getting, uh, black people are not getting married at such, such rate. And get married and they found out that they had to go elsewhere and find black women elsewhere to do so. Brazil has the largest uh, African population outside of Africa. They have more Africans there than they have in the States. So they go by, you know, the Afro-Brazilian Afro title. And they were easy to get along with. Uh, very friendly and feminine. They were real feminine. And that was one of the hugest, the hugest dis distinction here. Our women were too masculine. 
way too masculine and not easy to get along with, not easy to deal with. So from sparking that... Your movie movie captures black men not down in Brazil looking for white women. They're down in Brazil looking for black women. Exactly. They were looking for black women. And the the pushback I got was, well, you want other women. I'm like, what do you mean other women? There are black women there. They're dating black women. They're dating black women there. And to move the story on a little bit, from that and, and uh, the whole uh, YouTube in the beginning of that started coming on. So people were uploading it. And I was getting calls constantly. like, you uploaded your movie on, on YouTube? I was like, no, no, no. And uh, a gentleman by the name of Charles Tyler, uh, he passed away. But he was inspired by that film, by Frustrated, and went once again, found the black woman he fell in love with, came back and challenged black men to get their passports and to travel. And he formed the first uh, YouTube uh, uh, group, first Facebook group called BMO, which stands for Black Man's Option. And that's the group that I'm associated with, Black Man's Option. Uh, he formed that group, got brothers to get their passport got them to travel to Brazil. He started hosting an annual beach party, got brothers off the corner, got them out of the neighboring cities where they were scared to leave the States, and they came together, broke bread together, sat down together, networked together, and uh, exposed them to what Brazil had to offer to them. And from that BMO group, guys started coming to Charles Tyler, asking him about, uh, hey man, uh, how can I do something like this? I want to put other groups together. So Frustrated is kind of like the tree and the fruit from that tree came Black Man's Option and then other groups start to form from there and guys will go other places. We're taking guys to maybe Colombia, we're taking them to Thailand, taking them to the Philippines. And from there, that's when the whole uh, Passport Bros got started. Now, I associate with uh, Black Man's Option because we have leadership there. There's leadership there and there's structure there. There's black men that come together from all backgrounds, from different states, from, from law enforcement, the lawyers, the entrepreneurs. We sit down, no matter where we travel to, we first sit down and break bread together. And we have the guys that first time out, we call them rookies. First time out, the rookies stand up, state their name, where they're from, and we introduce them to the vets. These are the veterans that have been out. So if you get into a little trouble situation, you can rely on the vets to help you. Uh, passport bros are kind of like um, free agents. They just go on their own. They go on their own and they just travel by themselves and try to make money off of. Uh, they make money off of YouTube has uh, uh, talks, but uh, they just come in and just show you videos. Yeah, show you fun stuff and make uh, uh, money. Try to make money off of it, but they have no structure, no leadership there, and that's why. Uh, the situation came over. The young guy got, got, got in the situation there, and they all just attacked him because passport bros don't have the leadership in place. And that's one of the things that I was uh, discussing with other guys in the community. We need leadership because now young guys are getting inspired to travel at 23 and 24. BMO is kind of guys in their 40s that's well established, and these guys are going out by themselves, which I support 100%. I support any group, any individual telling black men to get out of here and travel and see the world. I support 100% wholeheartedly. Get out of here. Go see the world. Go see women. 
feminine women and, and black women in different parts of the world and see how the setting and the culture there compared, and you can compare it back here to the States and you see the wave now of black men leaving in droves. And they're starting to get younger in their 20s now. They're starting to get 23 now. And they figured out a way to work abroad since that pandemic. They found a way, well, I can work abroad now. And the money doesn't have to be that significant because of the exchange rate. Now I can uh, uh, I can live abroad and I can start my lifestyle at 23. Where, you know, in the beginning, the BMO guys started a little later because that wasn't available. But uh, the young men are taking advantage of it now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Al, walk me through a bit of your history in, in terms of where did you grow up, Where'd you go to college? What, what, what was your background in terms of dating and, and, and what made you have an epiphany of like, hey man, it's, it's, it's hard. what I'm looking for just really isn't here in America. I gotta expand my options. Walk, walk us through that process. Well, I was uh, I'm born in New York City. Born in New York City in the, in the Bronx. And um, I went to high school upstate New York in Amherst, Amherst, New York. Um, I lived with uh, family members up there, had, to, had an opportunity to get a good education in the suburbs, and I played football, played football upstate but for, the, Amherst, for uh, the local high school team there. And a uh, buddy of mine talked me into going to Arizona with him. Uh, and I talked to the football coach in Arizona, went out to Arizona, not realizing playing in the cold in Buffalo and going to play in 100 degree heat I struggled. I struggled. I struggled a lot. And uh, to the point where uh, I had to leave. I wasn't performing up to standard, but, it, you know, I couldn't. That heat was, I wasn't used to it. And my brother, my older brother, who was in the Navy, got out of the Navy, had uh, just purchased a house in Atlanta and said, listen, man, you don't have to go back to New York City. You can come live with me in Atlanta, come to school in Atlanta. And uh, I signed up, wanted to play ball in Atlanta. Uh, at, at, at Morris Brown. Talked to the coach at Morris Brown and I got a job working at the Doubletree Hotel in the gym so I could work out for free while I worked. And I got introduced to all of them. At, the, at that time, they had the Georgia Peaches and all them beautiful black women, saturated all them beautiful black women. And I lost focus. <laughs> I lost focus. So when the coach called me, you ready? I said, coach, I ain't gonna waste your time. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna waste your time. And I just signed up to the local college and went there and I got introduced to the Georgia Peaches. Now they're plums, they're no more peaches, they got Georgia plums now. But at that time, um, you know, and I got, went to school, was working and, and, and dating and my older brother sat me down. He said, listen, man, you, you know, you need to focus. You need to focus. I see that you're having minor issues right now with women. I see you have minor issues. I can tell by the conversations you saw, you have on the phone, but the more you focus on yourself, and uh, you'll find out that you'll get a better, greater woman. So that, that was, and he traveled the world. And he said, I've been in the Philippines. 
I've been I've been all over Asia in the Navy. So uh, don't don't invest so much here. Wait till you get a little bit older and you get some more experience under your belt. And uh, being hard headed as a young man, I, I got into a relationship and it turned violent on me. It got violent with she became physical and aggressive, and uh, it led to a bad situation where um, I, I was a uh, uh, police were called and uh, I had to, uh, they took us in. Charges were dropped against me because uh, a self defense on myself was attacking me. And once again, my older brother, I'm fortunate that I had an older brother who set me down again and said, man, I'm trying to explain something to you because now you put your life in jeopardy. You put your life in jeopardy, especially with the uh, with the uh, domestic violence laws, how they can hinder you as far as getting edu- uh, employment and stuff. You don't want that. I'm telling you, you don't want that. So I wind up taking uh, an offer to, to move to Alaska. I was working for a financial company in Alaska. And... Uh, uh, one of my clients, I went to her house. She was in a car accident. So I was bringing her some paperwork to her house, and I saw all these scripts on the um, on her desk. And I asked her, I said, are, are you a producer or something? She says, no, I read for TriStar and Paramount Pictures. They send me the scripts out here, and I read them. And I said, you know what? I always wanted to write one. She said, oh, you want to write one? I'll show you how to write one. And she took me through the whole process, and she didn't charge me anything and said, if somebody ever asked you how to do it, pay it for it. I did. I wrote this beautiful script, went out to, uh, went to LA, tried to shop it around and I uh, didn't have success. And I got disappointed. I got disappointed and I laid down. I remember I was in the hotel. I was down to maybe last $5 in my pocket. I was eating out of uh, 7-Eleven. They're eating hot dogs for dinner, <laughs> chips hot dinner. And I laid in the bed and I said, oh man, this ain't working. And my conscience and God spoke to me and said, listen, man, won't you go out and learn how to make them? I said, no, I don't know how to make no movies. He said, well, you didn't know how to write them. Six months ago, you didn't know how to write them. Let's go, let's get on out of here and I'll show you how to make them. And um, got out of there, went back to Atlanta, found a film school in, in, in the DC area, went there, learned how to make them, learned how to make them. And I started, uh, I got real excited and wanted to be productive. So I made some movies, they were awful. Some, some films, they were bad. But when this came about, a chance to um, do a film on this, and I had the funds to do it, I said, you know what? Let's do this. Let's do this. And I, and I did it. And um, that's how frustrated I got about. But as uh, far as my relationship with women, I'm going to tell you, my high school, high school sweetheart at the time, uh, I dated a, a, an Italian chick, and uh, and she took great care of me. She took great care of me, and to the fact that even I was on the basketball team, she would bring me food because the varsity team played late. She would make sure, hey baby, here's some food. And the coach would be like, don't be eating that. You gotta, you have, you know, you're not gonna be able to run up and down the court eating that. Don't bring them no food. Don't. She took great care of me. It was my high school sweetheart, and uh, and I so I, I got exposed to that. And then, but I had a strong attraction towards black women. When I went to Atlanta, I seen all them peaches. And I said, oh, I gotta get my hands on them. But uh, I come from a two family home. So I saw my father, what my father meant to my mother. And I see what my mother meant to my father. I was raised in a two family home and my father provided, I'm the youngest out of seven kids. And I seen my father work six days, seven days a week to provide for his family. and. Uh, 
didn't want to take days off and would watch football with us and then get up and go to work. So I was looking for that and I was, wasn't finding that. Wasn't, I wasn't finding that in Georgia. And I said, wow, I'm struggling. But moving forward, when I started making these projects and I started getting introduced to uh, foreign women and, and traditional values, and with traditional traditional values and with the femininity was big for me because I wasn't coming in contact with feminine women. I was coming more in contact with masculine women who, if they didn't get their weight, felt that they, they could put their hands on you. They can challenge you in certain ways. If you said no to something, that that put, didn't suffice in them. What the hell? They, they wouldn't put their hands on you. But when I got introduced to traveling, I didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't get that. I got If I had food on my mouth, uh, she would get the napkin and wipe my mouth and, 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 and nurture me and kiss me. Thank you, baby. Uh, when I went to Thailand, um, I took a young lady out to eat. She would not touch her food until I got my food and I took the first bite. And, I, you know, you struggle with the menu a little bit. And she got her food. I said, why are you not eating, baby? She said, I can't touch my food until you touch yours first. I said, what? She said, you bought me food. You bought me dinner. The least I could do is wait till you get yours. So hmm, I got mine. Being the youngest out of seven, if you didn't eat fast at my house, my older brothers, I got four older brothers, they go on your plate, take your food. So <laughs> I eat fast. I develop eating fast. And she would, uh, I was eating it, and she pushed her plate towards me, and you, you want mine? I said, no, I don't want your food. She said, no, if you want, you can take mine. You can take mine if you, you know, if you want more. And so I started getting introduced to that, and then traveling with groups of brothers, and we experienced that all at the same time. So to see the joy on these brother faces, and I see why the movement is moving so fast, and it's getting to the younger guys now who turn on YouTube and, and hear these stories and said, you know what, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm not going to deal with this. I'm going to go overseas and, and, and see what these guys are talking about overseas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Al, thank you so much. Uh, I needed that background. I'm glad you made some time for us uh, today. It, it, it's, it's, I, I had no idea, because literally I just heard about the Passport Bros this week. And, and it was like, well, let me look in, did some research, and then someone said, now you gotta go to the root. And so we've done that, and now I feel far more educated about what's, what, what this whole thing is about, and, and uh, I'm, I'm gonna dust off my passport. I tell you, um, I had uh, a good friend of mine, uh, big guy, a dark-skinned guy, big guy, and when he went, we went to Thailand, the people ran out of the malls like he was like he was LeBron James. You thought Michael Jordan or something was in town. They love black men there. Black men. They told me I wasn't black enough. They said, you too light. But your friend they told me I wasn't black enough. But your friend, he was treated like a god there. And he they would take wanted to take pictures of him. The men would fight with their wives, take the camera. Let me take a picture with him. Baby, no, my turn, my turn. I seen it in the mall, they were treated like rock stars. 
and the, the, the dark the darker you are. And he told he's saying, he said, man, you know what? Back in the States, I get ridiculed for being uh, for my skin tone. Here, I get ridiculed by women calling me, you know, you black so and so. So here they love me for my skin color. They love me. And brothers are starting to experience that. Now we won't see the effect, the true effect of this until the next maybe 10 or 15 years. When these women still with these, with this, with this, the mindset they have, the entitlement, no lack of accountability. So what, I got three or four kids by three or four different men. You're supposed to take me the way I am. Uh, so what if I'm not feminine, I'm masculine? You got to take me and accept me the way I am. And what you see now is them peeking in. They're starting to peek in the passport bro movement. They start to peek in at BMO and start to single guys out. But BMO, black man's option is more solid because we have leadership. We have good guys in place. And the passport bros are kind of, like I said, free agency. They're out there by themselves, so they're easy to get picked off one at a time because they'll, they'll isolate one incident with one individual and try to classify all of us that way, which is not true. Well, I, I got a I got an adopted son that uh, he he swears by Filipinos. He, he <laughs> he's married or lives with one and and has been telling me forever like you gotta get you a Filipino woman. You gotta get you a Filipino. They know oh, how to take so, care of you. So, well, you you know already, Jason. You know you got I, you got your son. I, he's already telling. Know. You know already. Your son me. is. It's at home, and it's starting at home with your son. And uh, the word has got out, man. And I tell you, I had a friend, my best friend from high school. I told him, I said, listen, because he was going through a bad relationship back at home. I said, man, listen, come with me to Brazil. I want, I want you to experience some joy. Just come with me to Brazil, man. And he got on side, man. I don't want to fly out. Just come on. We went. When it was time to leave, I said, you know, I got the driver down still. We got to go. And he was just standing there. And I said, hey, man, come on, let's go. And he yelled at me. I said, wait, 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 what's going on? And I looked, man, and tears came out of his eyes. He started crying, man. He said, I, I don't want to leave, man. I have not experienced something like this. I don't want to leave. I've seen men cry. Uh, the joy and then the, the disappointment knowing that they have to go back and, and, and break down in tears and saying, man, something's got to change. I can't, I, can't, I can't live like this back in the States. I refuse to live like this. Well, I, I've been saying for years, I'll get into, when I was younger, I'd get into a relationship. You just don't want to be challenged. <laughs> yeah, I really don't. I got a career that's challenging. When I come home, I want peace. I don't want to be challenged. Uh, that's no fun well, for me. That, that's not, well, it, <laughs> I got enough iron out there sharper than me. Well, it depends on how you're going to challenge me now. If you challenge, challenge me physically, that's not going to work. That's not going to work at all. And if you want to be supportive of me, it me to do better for us as a whole. Uh, that, that that may work in, in a certain way. It depends on how you come at But that's when femininity comes in. If you, your woman is feminine and she knows how to how to, how to relax you and calm you and come at you, she, you give it, I can give it a whirl. And most men will tell you, this my woman. I'll kill you over this. Don't, don't come here. Don't knock on my door. No man knock on my door because they got something... That's uh, that's that's priceless in a man. But when you got a woman that feels that she can challenge you and put your hands on you, and, and and challenge you in certain ways and challenge your manhood, that's 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 not gonna work, Jason. That's not gonna work. And that's what Al, I try to explain. Thank you for the time. Yes, man. Thank you yeah, for the time. Anytime. 
Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you so much. Uh, that's our Saturday edition of Fearless. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm gonna go home and dust off my passport and start looking at my globe and just spin my globe and wet my finger and find a place on the map on the globe I wanna go. I'm just joking. Anyway, that's tomorrow. We'll see you on Tuesday. I do, I got a little road trip. I gotta go do an interview down in Florida. So I'll see you on Tuesday. I just want, I wanna be, I just want, I wanna be, I just want